Great. Good afternoon. Is, is the mic coming through okay? Great. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me here this morning. It is a real pleasure and a privilege um, for me to be able to share with each of you um, about the work of Mission Africa this morning. Um, I'm actually going to let a little video do my intro just while I finish getting myself set up. Um, so hopefully it works. And thank you again to the sound and the AV team for all the work they do behind the scenes. Um, so this morning we're going to go through why Mission Africa. I think before you do anything, it's really important to think about the why, the heart behind it, the attitude behind it, and the reason for it. Um, we're then going to go into a little bit about the work of Mission Africa, which I think some of you, maybe many of you, will be familiar with already. Um, I was quite surprised to hear some of the names during your prayer this morning of David Anucci and Acts, um, which is a relief to me because it means they don't have to start all the way back at the beginning. Um, and then to close, um, I'll maybe talk about a little bit about what it looks like to get involved um, with us at Mission Africa. Um, so to come back to the reading that we were on earlier and the why of Mission Africa, we read First Chronicles chapter 16. I'm going to focus in a little bit on verses 23 to 27. And they say, sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. The first thing that I really want us to notice um, when we read this passage in its context as a song of praise, of joy from David is that we're to sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day. When we talk about salvation, when we talk about the gospel, when we talk about sharing the gospel, it's his message, it's his salvation, it's his work. Um, the bit that we had read previously in the wider passage of First Chronicles chapter 16 shared with us all of the amazing work God had done for his covenant people the promises that he had kept, the times that he had shown up time and time again to see his people brought through adversity, to be brought through challenges, and ultimately to be preserved. God promises that he will preserve us. The gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And we are so grateful for that um, as we continue to preach the gospel, as we continue to show people who it is that he is and what it is that he has done through his promises. The second little thing in verse 24 I want to touch on is, is the command to declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. We are so privileged in Northern Ireland to have such good gospel teaching, to have such good Bible literacy and education when it comes to the scriptures. Um, we have this real commission, um, and we get that again at the end of the book of Matthew and the book of Mark, to go and declare to all nations who it is that Jesus is um, in that great commission, in that in that sending out of the disciples and of the people who follow Jesus to go and make more. Um, we're promised that he will be with us to the very end of the age. That commission isn't something we do in our own strength. Um, but the joy that we have through our salvation is the thing that drives that commission. 
Um, in the previous verse, it says, sing to the Lord. And I think so often when we share the gospel, we're really good at maybe muttering a quick, a quick gospel message into someone's life. Or maybe we're really good at, you know, oh, I'll just say that little bit at the end. We're called to sing, to declare, to do it joyfully, um, to see, show people who he is and the joy that he has given to each of us. The last thing that I wanted to touch on very briefly is that he rescues all nations. This message isn't just for the select. It wasn't just for the people of Israel. It was to go into all nations. They were to be an example to all nations that, as to who God was and as to what he gives and what he he offers in our life with Christ. It's already been mentioned a few times today, um, but you'll notice that I'm maybe not the person who did come here to speak before. Maybe I'm not the one who you have come to know as the face of Mission Africa, the one who, who did so much amazing work um, for our cause and for the cause of the gospel. Um, unfortunately, Paul passed away in November. Many of you will know him. Many of you will have heard him speak. Um, we're really grateful and we're really blessed for all the work that he did. Um, I'm blessed for the leadership that he gave to me in my life. Um, but the work keeps going because it's God's work. Um, Paul would never have set up Mission Africa to serve himself, and he never did. It was set up to serve Jesus and to serve Jesus' purpose across the continent of Africa. Um, so maybe some of you wish that, <laughs> that I was as good at speaking or as eloquent as Paul, um, but I am very grateful for your time um, and for your already prayerful support the work of Mission Africa. Um, so I'm going to move on to the work. I'm aware that my headset is falling off. It is because I have a massive head, so I apologize. Um, maybe you need to get, I don't know, some of these for big-headed people. Uh, maybe in a physical way, hopefully not in a, in a mental way. Um, so I'm going to talk now about the work of Mission Africa, which you're already familiar with. Um, it makes my life a lot easier. We have just mentioned how we're a person short in the office, so I thought it would be good to show you who the office team actually is at the moment. Um, so over here on the right, we have me. Um, I'm actually the finance officer, and I've been working at Mission Africa for just over a year now. Um, my wife is down in the second row. Um, she noticed when she was checking my PowerPoint this morning that she was actually wearing the same dress today as she is in the photo. So that should really help whenever you're trying to find out who she is. and and welcome her and greet her as you've all done so well already. And um, down in the middle here we have Naomi. Um, Naomi is our short-term coordinator and I'll touch a little bit on short-term later. But Naomi has now been at Mission Africa for 17 years. She doesn't like that stat being shared. Maybe it's because she's very humble or maybe it's because it's a very long time, I'm not sure. And the last person who is our most recent um, employee that has joined is Catherine. She's been, only been with us now for seven months as she primarily looks after our child sponsorship program, our short-term travel and our visas. And child sponsorship is something that I'll also touch on a little bit later on. So our statement, our mission statement is this. Mission Africa exists to bring the good news of Jesus to the people of Africa. That's our primary focus. We put that up there as our first and our top priority. Everything that we do feeds into that and everything that we do needs to feed into that or we won't do it. Jesus is the name we want to glorify, not the name of Mission Africa, not the name of the people who work at Mission Africa, but Jesus. He is our cornerstone of our mission. He is the cornerstone of our faith, and he is the one that has been driving our mission forward for the last 135 years. We exist to bring the good news of Jesus to the people of Africa, 
And the good news of Jesus is such a joy to see in the people of Africa's lives across the countries that we work in. We work in Burkina Faso, Nigeria, Chad, and Kenya. Uh, we only work in four countries, but trust me, that's a lot. Um, they are big countries, they are tricky countries to work in a lot of the time, um, and they have been a real blessing to us um, as we have learned more about what true faith means in a more difficult context. And hopefully Mission Africa has been a blessing to them as they've shown them who Jesus is. I'm going to touch very gently on Burkina Faso and Chad today, and I'll focus a little bit more on Nigeria and Kenya. Um, Burkina Faso is becoming a much more complicated country um, to even get into, um, let alone to serve Jesus in a way that we would want to. Um, Burkina Faso is actually fourth on the World Terror Index, um, only behind countries like Afghanistan and Pakistan was actually very high when I checked it last, but Burkina Faso is fourth. And most of the terror that's being done in Burkina Faso is by um, jihadi terrorists, people who do not want the message of Jesus shared in their country, um, and people who are very opposing to Christians even being there, let alone telling people about who Jesus is. We have one missionary in Burkina Faso. Um, he goes back and forward. He has to stay inside the capital city for his own safety. Um, and that came off the back of, <laughs> I was talking to him one day and he, he was talking to me about how he had just been back and he had heard that there was people coming after him into the village and it wasn't safe for him anymore um, to be travelling about the countryside where there might be people waiting on him. So he works in the city, he meets with pastors, he strengthens the church through meeting with them and through facilitating their theological education and their growth. The bulk of his ministry now is in a printing ministry so he prints Bible tracts and Sunday school programs for kids in schools, and he sends those out along with um, videos explaining the gospel um, in a really clear and concise way to those children that he can reach. Um, just across to the right, the big one up the middle is Chad. Um, Chad is a hugely vast country, but it is also one of the countries in the world with the worst literacy rate, especially among women. Um, so women tend to only have a 10% literacy rate, so 1 in 10 women can read. Um, that makes challenges that we aren't used to. Um, everybody here gets a good level of education and can usually read. Um, but the problem there is due to the lack of education of women, it's really easy um, for those women to be very vulnerable, um, for those women to be swept up into things and businesses that they wouldn't want to be involved in otherwise. Um, in Chad, we have two missionaries, and they work specifically with vulnerable women, sharing the hope that Jesus brings to each of their lives. Usually these women have come out of very vulnerable situations. I'm not going to get too into them, as I've noticed we have a lot of kids um, in this morning. But you can imagine maybe the sort of industries or maybe the sort of problems that these women come, come across. Um, the Acacia Project, which is run by the Morrisons from a Mission Africa perspective, and Team from a larger perspective, um, is a wonderful ministry that reaches out, shows children, shows young women and children at times um, the hope that they can find in Jesus and also teaches them how to stay out of that um, while often running a different type of business. I'm going to come down into Nigeria now. Um, Nigeria might take me a little bit longer um, because we have a lot going on there. But we, we currently have a number of missionaries serving in different ways in the country of Nigeria. Most of you, when you, you hear of Nigeria, are probably thinking of some of the stuff that's been on the news. Um, a number of years ago, we had Boko Haram 
Um, now we have other terrorist organizations that are also contributing to, to the problem that is ever growing. Um, but Nigeria is a country that, that is going through a hard time at the moment with finances, with the way the world currently is at the moment. Um, the increase in the dollar has caused catastrophic effects across the land of Nigeria. Um, and their exchange rate since I started has actually more than doubled against the pound. Um, so when I started at Mission Africa, it was approximately 540 naira to the pound. It's now about 980. Um, and that just keeps going up. Um, sometimes in the office, it's, it's very easy to be like, oh, that's great, I'm getting lots of naira, we can do lots of, it, lots of stuff with that. But for the Nigerian that lives in Nigeria, it is terrible. It's causing huge problems. Um, I was talking to somebody who'd just come back. A block of cheese was 24 pounds. Um, often we think Nigeria is going to be really cheap to go to, but 24 pounds for a block of cheese as a result of some of the stuff that's going on in our world. Um, Nigeria is also the center of a lot of our theological education. Um, so I'm going to go into that now. We have two missionaries in a theological um, college in Ankba, in the College of Pact. Um, they are Mark Nixon and Brian Wilson. Mark Nixon is a New Testament lecturer. He has just gone out in November and he's doing a wonderful job um, equipping and training future leaders in sharing the gospel. Brian is actually an academic um, librarian. He keeps people organized with their books, with what they need, and he works very closely alongside the students to help facilitate their private study, um, both when they're in the college and also when they're, they're actually in class. Um, both of them are doing excellent work. Um, they're showing people who Jesus is on a personal level, but they're also facilitating others to go out um, and to spread that gospel. The reason why we do theological education is primarily to strengthen the church. Mission Africa partners with churches in the countries that we work in, and we want to see those churches grow more and more, not only in number, but also in their biblical literacy and their depth of knowledge. The reason for that is that we want to raise up leaders. We want to see leaders that are educated in how to read the Bible and how to understand scripture um, come to the top of their churches where they're teaching, um, and then they can further the church in how it develops across that country. We also want to train Bible teachers. So very often in Nigeria, you have your, your reverend minister, and then you also have pastors or elders, depending on what way you, you phrase it in that specific church. Um, and what happens very often is that those pastors or teachers are actually the day-to-day -day ministers of the word. They're the ones that are teaching, and it's hard sometimes to get those people trained just because of the sheer number of them. Um, so we offer that opportunity impact as well in our partnership with them and our support of them um, through a few different projects. And the bottom one, and the one that I want to touch on, is guarding against false teaching. Um, one of the things that we see come out of Nigeria more and more is the prosperity gospel. There was a time a number of years ago where the richest man in Nigeria was actually a pastor who arrived by a helicopter to his church on a Sunday morning. I don't know if a helipad's something you want here, not sure. Um, but it would cut down on traffic time, I suppose. Um, but guarding against false teaching is something that, that we're really passionate about because it's not the true gospel. It's not true. Um, the prosperity gospel teaches that you give all your money away to the church and God will bless you more and more and more. And that isn't necessarily how it works. God will always give what is good for his people, but sometimes what is good is not financial gain. Sometimes what is good is actually something much tougher. 
So the people of Nigeria and in those churches give all their money away for their pastor to buy a helicopter or to buy a private jet, as has happened on another occasion. Um, so we, we want to see the church guard against that false teaching. Um, Nigeria being the epicenter of the prosperity gospel means that that's really important for us. Um, and we do that through our, our teaching impact, but also through the work of Acts that has already been mentioned. Um, Acts seek to give good theological study material um, to the local pastor, to the local who can come in and buy a book, maybe secondhand, that's so much cheaper um, than shipping it in. And they also give them books in their local languages, um, which can be a real blessing to people. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever tried to study the Bible in, a, in your second language, if you even have one, I don't. Um, but it can be a challenge, it can be tricky. Um, so giving people the Bible in their first language um, can be a huge asset. Um, the next thing I want to touch on is a project that I worked with whenever I was in Kenya. I'm only back last week um, from a really, a really wonderful trip, an inspiring trip, and one that's given me more work to do when I've come back, as opposed to less, getting it sorted when I was out there. Um, but Fagado Home for the Aged is in Kenya, and it's an old folks' home um, that seeks to give old people a safe place and a comfortable place and a place where they can be they can grow not only in their word, but also in their health, because sometimes they come in and they're not in a great state. The verse that they have on their gate is, now that I am old and my hair is gray, do not abandon me, O God. Um, I thought that that verse was really interesting, having heard the stories of a few of the old folks that were there. Um, many of them have been left at the side of the road by their families who no longer have the capabilities to care for them. The police have come along and picked them up and they've left them off there with nothing. Um, very often they're not well, they're not fed, they're, they're cold, believe it or not, because it gets cold at night in Africa. Um, and it can be really hard for them, but in that old people's home, they're taught that God does not abandon them, that he has a place for them in his kingdom whenever other people didn't have a place for them in their homes. Um, and it shows them God's love in a really practical way, in an outpouring um, of what it means to love the older person. Um, and we've worked with that project now for about 20 years through Paul, and now that's continued through us as an organization. Um, the picture in the bottom right of my screen shows Paul opening a brand new dorm. Um, they love to put plaques on everything in this old people's home. So every building has a different plaque. Um, but Paul was able to go out and open this new dorm in July 2022. The reason why that dorm was needed is that there are now more than 50 residents in this old folks' home. There was only 30 in May when I visited. Um, so it shows maybe a shift in the demographic and the culture um, in Kenya. It used to be that you looked after your own in your village and old people were, were more respected, more held up, more esteemed. But through changes in society, some of which aren't bad, some of which are due to education changes and the growth in that, um, more people move into the city to get bigger, higher paying jobs and ultimately abandon um, the village that they maybe grew up in or maybe once served their elders in. Um, that old people's home is, is certainly not finished. Um, when I was there, I, I saw the kitchen and the staff quarters. Um, so the kitchen is in a bad state, and that's something that we as Mission Africa are going to be working towards repairing and getting that up and running again. Um, the kitchen needs a lot of work done. Um, when you walk in, I've only shown a picture actually of the fire that they have going on. That's their oven, effectively. Um, you can imagine the state of the roof, of the walls. They're all black. Um, they're all covered in smoke. 
Um, and so for us, that, that's a concern. Um, not only is the food that the old people are eating maybe not being prepared in the most hygienic or effective way, but also the lungs of the people that work there um, can't be in good shape having worked with that fire. Um, this is also the staff quarters. This is just a Mabadi structure. So it's just steel with a frame up the inside. Um, three ladies live in that little hut and that serve in the old people's home. Uh, the roof's made of tin, which is now leaked, and the floor is made of mud. So you can imagine the effect that water has on the mud floor. Um, so that's another thing that we're working towards repairing at the minute. Um, we think that staff having a safe, comfortable place to rest will ultimately help um, with the serving of the people that are in the old people's home. Um, the last project that I want to talk about this morning is child sponsorship, and that happens in Agugu in Nigeria. Um, we actually have a video to save my voice a little bit and to see if you get bored. Um, so I'm just going to hit play now and let it do the talking. The vision of Mission Africa's child sponsorship program is to bring the good news of Jesus to children in Africa. vulnerable children and orphans have lost their sense of childhood due to sickness, poverty and lack of education, meaning they're unable to reach their full potential in life. The Mission Africa's Child Sponsorship Programme supports a child in four core areas. Educational support, direct assistance, training and discipleship and home and school visitations. They really help me in provision of food, food and in paying my hospital bills. Paying my school fees, taking care of me, buying textbooks for me, and also giving me food. If I am sick, they will take me to the hospital. They teach me about Christ, how to live in Christ. really um, encouraging to know that every single week um, the child that I sponsor goes to a Saturday program where they learn about God. They... I think it's really important that children have an opportunity to get medical bills paid for themselves. Given that money to a child that they can, if they have any sickness or any problems, that they can not have to worry about it. That for me is a massive benefit. Also It just it, it helps you feel that you're doing something good with the money that you have in a, in a way that you can support other people. Showing other people that we care about them, that God cares about them. 
is our prayer that the children on the Mission Africa Child Sponsorship Programme would not only benefit from financial support and learn valuable skills, but most importantly, grow up knowing and accepting Christ as their personal saviour. Okay, so the verse that, that really comes into my mind when I read this is Ecclesiastes 12.1 is to remember your creator in the days of your youth. Um, we want these young people to have the opportunity to see who Jesus is in the days of their youth, not to be worrying about being fed, um, not to be worrying about their hospital bills, not to be worrying about the fact that they don't know what they're going to do when they grow up because they don't go to school. Um, the child sponsorship program helps alleviate a lot of that stress so they can spend their time thinking about who Jesus is. Every Saturday morning they go to a program um, where they are taught the Bible, they are taught the gospel um, message that, that is shared so faithfully um, with each of them. And we currently have 180 children on that scheme. Um, Agugu is a, a small sort of village, I suppose you would call it, um, in a, quite an Islamic area actually of Nigeria. Um, it's a rare kind of beacon of hope for other communities um, to show people that there is more um, than what maybe others would see um, and to show these kids that there's so much more to life um, than the daily struggle that maybe their, their parents or their grandparents have gone through and um, to show them that there's hope in Jesus, there is a promise um, from Jesus. Um, and so as we, as we share with them um, and as we meet with them, um, we want them in the future to be able to declare his glory among their nation, um, as they filter into churches, as they filter into their youth groups, and as they grow in their love for Christ, um, we want them to see who he is for themselves and not the struggle um, that they've been born into. Ah, there we go. Um, the final thing I want to touch on is maybe the getting involved side of things. Um, so at Mission Africa, we have the child sponsorship scheme. And that's something you can ask me about if you'd like, but I'm not, I'm not here to try and, and sell you something. That's not, that's not my goal here. Um, we also have our short-term summer teams. Um, we have two teams going out this summer, um, up from our one team from last year that went to Kenya. Um, COVID really, really messed up a lot of our teams. Um, it was really hard to gain the momentum back again. But we have two teams that are going out um, to Kenya this summer. We have a sports team for anybody that is interested in sport. You don't have to necessarily be good at sport, but interested does help. Um, and that's from the 22nd of July to the 12th of August. And that'll be working um, with kids, using sport as a way to get alongside them and to show them who Jesus is through the way that you talk with them and through the Bible talks that are done at the halftime intervals. The other thing is a general, Ken general Kenya team. And that's from the 8th of July to the 29th of July. I know general sounds very vague, and that's because sometimes that team can do a wide variety of things, um, whether it be practical work, whether it be uh, kids' clubs, or whether it be visiting people um, who are vulnerable in their community. Um, so both of those teams are something to maybe think about. We'd really appreciate prayer for them um, as they go out in the summer, that they will glorify Jesus in all that they do, um, in all of their actions, whether that be from their interaction upon arriving in Dublin Airport, or whether it be through the person they meet at the side of the road. Maybe it's the church leader that they meet, or maybe it's the kid that they help get a glass of water. Um, we want those people um, to know that there's something different about the team that they're interacting with. Um, I'm just going to say thank you so much for listening, and um, thank you for taking the time um, to hear me.
Um, thank you for, for your time as a church and for your already um, great support. We, we couldn't emphasize enough how reliant we are on churches like yourselves and how grateful we are for your partnership in the gospel um, to each of us.